0: You've been to Jesus for the cleansing power. Are you washing the blood of the Lord?
1: a couple of my friends last night and just the anticipation of today it comes from Hebrews 10, 19 and 22 and so dear brothers and sisters we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus you know how big that is? how huge? we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place that's not even on earth heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus that's why we can do that because of the blood of Jesus by his death Jesus opened a new and life giving way through the curtain into the most holy place and since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. This is good stuff. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let's praise Him in the most holy place. We are there with Him. He's here with us. Praise Him. Praise Him with everything.
2: Please, please. your spirit On holy ground.
3: You, we praise you, we praise you, we worship you. Father, thank you for inhabiting the praises of your people. And Father, they may, there may be people in here this morning that have no idea what is going on, but they know you're here. And Father, I pray right now for hearts to turn to you. To turn to you. You are the answer that they have been searching for. You are the hope for the hopeless. And God, I thank you. I thank you for your Holy Spirit and sending your son, Jesus, to rescue us. Lord, we praise you and we thank you in this place this morning. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. There is joy in the house of the Lord today. Yeah. Yes. Glad that wasn't open. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate your worship. I'm telling you, if you'll just worship, God will show you just who he is in the middle of it. And he, his presence will fall, he will change what's going on inside of you, and you will, again, appreciate all that he does in your life. Amen. Things that we don't even see. He's, on, he's working, he's moving. So, thank you, Carlin, and the praise team, as always, for a wonderful job of <clears throat> ushering us into God's presence and letting us know, him letting us know that he is here. Uh, Thank you to the men that came out Friday night. We had a great time together in the Lord also. Powerful time. I almost came up here before we got started and encouraged all the men to get up here and show your families what it's like to worship the Lord. When that starts happening, men, when we will press in as men of God and lead our families, And Show them things will change in your household things will change in our communities. So just an invitation for next week fellas Help lead be on up here next week and help lead All right First-time guest this morning if you're a first-time guest with us. Just throw your hand up real quick I'm not gonna call on you. I'm not gonna bring you up here first time being at Orchardville Church Good we got some over here We thank you for being with us today. And I'm sure already you know that God is alive. <laughs> and His Holy Spirit is powerful and it's move, He's moving. So we're thankful to have you with us. Now, there's a card in the seat in front of you. If you'll just fill that out, turn that in at the welcome desk. We have a gift for you. And I pray that you have felt the love of God, not only from Him and the Holy Spirit presence this morning, but you felt it from people around you that are sitting by you. We are a family. Are all families perfect? No. no. <laughs> but we're family. So we push past those things when needed, and we love the Lord first and foremost, and we let that flow from us into each other. Amen. So, so turn those in again to welcome to us, first time guests, and we have a gift for you. All right, more. Part four at Rhyme this week. No rapping, though. <laughs> Somebody said hallelujah, and I rebuked that in the name of Jesus. (laughs) No record deals yet. Uh, Still waiting. Probably another six months to a year before I break out another one. But more part four on this Sunday, October 29th. October is just about over. Two months left. It's about to get into the busy part of the season. It's a great part, two. Okay, but this morning, we're going to continue on and more. Uh, For the last few weeks, we've been talking about more based on Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And we've asked a few questions since we started this. Uh, Do I believe more is available to me, right? We asked, do I desire more in my life? There's got to be a desire inside of you that says, I want more. I want everything that God has for me. So there has to be a desire. Am I willing to make room for more, which meant I might have to get rid of some things in my life that are distracting me or pulling me away from the more that God has for me. And then what will I ask God for more of? Is it patience? Is it love? Is it this? Is it that? What will I ask him for more of? In the last couple of weeks, we've talked about wanting more of the presence of God. Who doesn't want that? Don't raise your hand, please. <laughs> I want more fruit. Of the Spirit flowing out of me, right? Anybody else want that, need that, right? Okay, but this morning I want to see more of God's anointing in my life and in your life. We all have it, I want to see more of it, okay? We're going to stand this morning for the reading of the Word. We're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. Starting in verse 9, 2 Kings 2, verse 9, I'm also going to give this little announcement. Please, please, please use the restroom, do all that stuff before church, not during church. There's been an increase of people going in and out during services and that's really kind of a distraction. So if you can... Take care of that before you come in here. That'd be wonderful. Amen? Amen. All right. Second Kings chapter two, verse nine. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elisha replied, you have asked a difficult thing. Elijah said, "Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah And struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left. And he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we don't take that for granted. Lord, we press in. To your presence father and your holy spirit that's here in this place this morning father anoint your word let it flow out of me father as you intend it again father let hearts be changed in this place because of it in jesus name amen you may be seated thank you thank you thank you so so in our desire for more anointing it's important that we understand what anointing is So as I look this up, it's it's the simplest form to anoint. Um, It's meant to rub or pour or smear with oil. And it was an outward symbol that God had chosen and he had set apart the person or object for a specific holy purpose. Now it also symbolized a, a more profound spiritual reality that God's presence was with them and that his favor, his power, his authority was upon them. To be anointed by God is to be filled with the fullness of God so that you can faithfully do what he has called you to do okay that's all of us in the old testament the anointing of god might be seen uh, more typically as a temporary state of being it could be a brief and specific uh, to a particular task that they were doing or more long term in the sense of applying it to a person's entire life or ministry or a king's reign in that time uh, if you look at first samuel 16 13 And we'll have some of these on the screen. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. But even that, when things like that had happened, it had its limitations in that while one may have been anointed of God, the effectiveness and endurance of that anointing and how long it was going to last could be hindered by the choices that they made in their life still the same today Samson for example was anointed by God with a great strength to deliver the Israelites from the oppression of the Philistines yet his disobedience and his sinful choices in life caused him to lose that anointing if you know the story judges sixteen twenty. then she called Samson the Philistines are upon you he awoke from his sleep and thought I'll just go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. What a bad place to be. Where the anointing of the Lord has left your life. The presence of the Lord has left your life because of choices and disobedience. In the New Testament, the anointing of God is tied to our relationship with God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the Messiah in Hebrew, Messiah means the Anointed One. Okay, so so if you go to Luke four, eighteen, nineteen, and I'm not, I know I'm not giving you a lot of time to get there, but if you just want to write it down, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor that's what I want (laughs) the anointing of Jesus manifesting itself in my life more and more now I've been in a place the last year and a half where I haven't felt this I'm always real with you guys I'm honest but I'm telling you this morning I want more and I know God has more it might be Just as accurate for me to say I want more miracles of healing of deliverance of salvation of provision I want more of God's gifts of the Holy Spirit Or I want more of the active presence of the Holy Spirit in my life anybody else want that? Now some of you may be saying no Rick you're just all about the gifts. You just want the, no. I want to make it clear that that my desire for more of the anointing more of the gifts to me and I don't I don't desire um, that more than God himself because I understand that it all flows from him. So I can't get to a place where I just want the gifts and operate in that without recognizing who gives those gifts. So my pursuit first and foremost is of God and as I pursue him with everything I have he will give me more. Okay. We'll make that clear. It all flows from him in the first place. Now I'm going to hit on something for a little bit, and I'm, I'm not usually one to jump on the hot topic kind of thing. sometimes, but there's a lot of this cessationist talk and there's even a movie that's out right now about the subject. And some of you may have heard about it. Some of you may not, but a cessationist believes that the spiritual giftings the manifestation of the Holy Spirit through signs, wonders, miracles, healings, tongues, prophecy, etc, cessationists believe that this is not available to believers today, and that it stopped with the Apostolic age of the church is no more, is what they think. I'm here to tell you on this Sunday morning, October 29th, that I wholeheartedly believe that those who believe this way are incorrect. And they have been deceived by the enemy. The Holy Spirit is the only member of the Godhead that is here on earth today. And the Holy Spirit is still moving in power. I said the Holy Spirit is still moving in power today. And I know that he's still active. That he still heals. That he's still moving. That he's still showing up. That he's still speaking to his people and through his people for those that are hungering and thirsting for more Amen. i believe that i'm not talking about people doing things in their flesh and calling it spiritual Amen. Come on. that happens unfortunately that's not of god sometimes man gets in the way and messes things up and makes it about themselves and that's wrong okay But don't come to me with the doubt or unbelief in the gifts of the Holy Spirit because I've still seen him moving throughout my life I've witnessed it. I've seen him do things that I can't explain That nobody can explain except God God did it. God's bigger He's alive And God never intended for people to think that the gifts have passed away Our belief and understanding of God's word may have passed away. (laughs) Let me say it again. Our belief and our understanding of God's word may have passed away and made us believe that those things are not available anymore or our lack of hunger to operate in God's power may have affected us. But the power of the Holy Spirit has not stopped being available since God first sent him to us after Jesus ascended. All right, I'll move on. Just had to get that out there. It it aggravates me that we're putting God inside of a box and saying that he doesn't want to move like he did in this word that he gave us to follow. Moving on again. And regardless of, of whether we're looking at the Old Testament or New Testament perspective of the anointing, there are some principles that apply to it. Okay, the first one, the anointing is given. Okay, It's a gift of God that is given to all of us as believers. Not something we can take, not something we can earn, not something we can buy, not something that man can denote. Hey, you have it. God gives it. Okay? The Apostle John tells us, 1 John 2.20, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. And Jesus promised this anointing, Matthew 16, 16 through 19. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then John 14, 12 through 17. Again, a lot of scripture this morning. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. There it is. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Not just that, but it goes on and says, they will do even greater things than these. Woohoo! Where are they at? He tells us, no, that was he was just talking to no, he's talking to all of us. From that point on, he's talking to all of us. Because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you when? Just during this stage of the Bible. Sorry. No, it says forever. Forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him or some churches and pastors because it neither sees him or knows, knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. There it is right there in the word. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And Paul reminds us that the anointing has been given as well. 2 Corinthians 1, 21, 22. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. The anointing is given. Second thing, the anointing should be desired, right? Elisha told Elijah that he wanted a double portion. His desire was evidenced in the diligence of his actions in fulfilling Elijah's conditions to his request. He refused to be separated from him. He refused to be distracted by anything. He was going to keep his eyes on him and get what he had asked him for. Now, church, Rick, are we like that in our faith? Are we like that in our walk with God? Are we to the point in our relationship with him right now that no matter what, I will not be distracted. I will keep my eyes on Jesus. Are we there? (laughs) Thank you for not lying but we have to get to a point in our walk with God that he is all we want Well, rick things happen in life don't get distracted God has not changed in this world you will have problems you will have troubles you will have trials but he's with you I cannot get distracted I cannot take my eyes off of what God has for my life that goes for all of us. But, but this person in the church is mad at me. Keep your eyes on Jesus. But this person in the church said that we shouldn't do this or we shouldn't do... Keep your eyes on Jesus. If you leave a little crack for the devil to get in there, guess what he's going to do? He's going to get in there. He's going to distract you and he's going to make you go down a path that you're not supposed to be on because you got distracted, because you quit looking to him. That goes for anything in family, with your friends, whatever it is that the world is trying to pull you away from God, you've got to stay focused. Don't get distracted because the anointing and the calling that God has on your life is worth way more than what the world is trying to offer you or what the enemy is trying to entice you with. Don't lose your focus. Don't get distracted Pursue the things of God as you pursue that relationship with him. If you are so consumed with the things of God, you won't have time for anything else that tries to pull you away. <laughs> if you get pulled away and you find yourself in a place I, I was not supposed to be here, then think about what your focus has been on because I almost, almost can guarantee that it's not been on God. Okay? Fair? Fair? Jesus told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they had been anointed with the power and he had already told them that while they were waiting, they should ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Luke 11, 9 through 13. i got to calm down. No, I don't. No, I don't. Luke 11, 9 through 13. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be open which of you fathers if your son asks for a fish will give him a snake instead or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children here it is again how much more will your father in heaven give the holy spirit to those who ask him Paul spoke of desiring the anointing when he he taught the Corinthians about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Desiring the anointing means asking God to be filled with the Holy Spirit maybe for the first time. Now the Holy Spirit indwells with us but you can also be filled with him to do what he's called you to do, to give a word To the church to prophesy to to speak in tongues to to let healing flow out of you god in the power of the holy spirit can do those things right we believe that all right so desiring the anointing means wanting more of the gifts again not just pursuing the gifts but god first of the holy spirit to be manifested in my life and in the life of the church i've told you guys this before there are so many people Looking for something that's real something that's genuine something that is powerful They don't want to hear us just talk about it. They want to see it They want to see God moving in our lives What good is a faith if it lacks evidence of Him working in your life, they want to see this desire the anointing means asking God to fill us again the disciples did this, Acts 4, 23 through 31. Is it okay if I'm reading the Bible today? <laughs> it's a pretty easy one to answer. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now I know that we need to repeatedly be filled because some of us are having a hard time, myself included, at times of speaking the word of God boldly no matter where you're at. It's easy at Orchardville Church. What about your jobs? What about out in the world? What about when you go in to pay for your groceries at Walmart or at the gas station? If you're getting, Is it just as easy then to have the boldness and courage to speak Jesus into people? Desire is not a one-time event, but it's a continuous state of our heart. Being filled with the Spirit and God working through me one time is not going to satisfy. It should not satisfy us. Man, God, in 1978, the Lord came down on me and He worked in me in a powerful way. That's what I remember. <laughs> do you know He still wants to do that more and more inside of you? Right? We're satisfied sometimes, and that's part of what I, I'm saying when I when I when I say I want more. I don't want the anointing of God to be a one-and-done experience for myself. I don't want it to be a one-and-done experience for you. More. I want to be filled with his power and authority every single day of my life. Paul, Ephesians 5.18, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled, if you read that, And look at that, it signifies an ongoing action. Not just once, not just twice, it's ongoing. You guys know how how this world is. If you're not continually filling up with the Holy Spirit each day, you'll get yourself into trouble or you'll do something that you shouldn't have done or you'll yell something at somebody you shouldn't have yelled because you're not continually filling yourself with the Holy Spirit. I I think the better question is not have you been filled with the Holy Spirit, but are you full of the Holy Spirit? A lot of us can say, yeah, I've been filled, but are you full? Because some people that proclaim, I'm full of the Holy Spirit, you might have been at one time, but your actions now speak otherwise (laughs) of the continuance of that. If, 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 if a believer will tear down another believer, you're not full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> if a believer will scream and cuss at somebody and then just, oh, I've got to give them a piece of my mind, then you're not continually being filled by the Holy Spirit. You, you know, there are times as you give and give and give that you empty out. In those moments of emptying out, you need to be filled back up quickly. (laughs) Quickly. (sighs) Again, not have you been filled with the Holy Spirit, but are you full of the Holy Spirit? Rick, that takes a lot of commitment. It does. I never tell you that serving Jesus is easy. But if you want your relationship with him to be strong, you will invest in it. If you want your marriage to be strong, you both will invest in it. As a result of this continued desire for more, we've got to be careful to guard the anointing. We don't want to be like Samson and find ourselves in this position of having no anointing when it comes time to engage the enemy. Again, we've all been anointed as believers. But the decisions we make in our life, the sin in our life, we don't want to be in a place when the enemy comes at us, when life comes at us, when your son dies... that you're not ready for it. Because in my mind, I can tell you guys that standing here this morning, had I not been somewhat prepared for what we just went through last year, you would not see me here right now. In fact, no one would see me here right now because I was in a place for a little bit where I wanted to be gone. being real. And there are things that will come at you in life that are unexpected, but if you will stay the course, if you will keep your focus on Jesus, you will make it through. I can stand up here and tell you that with confidence. I feel that that is the worst thing, the worst thing, on this earth that I have ever went through, still go through. And it's probably the worst thing that I'll ever go through. And to be able to still stand here is not a testament to Rick and his strength or Sarah and her strength. It's a testament to the hours and days of spending time with the Lord to be reminded that no matter what comes your way, Rick and Sarah, I've got you no matter what comes your way, Orchardville Church, he's got you. Stay the course. Don't get distracted. Do not quench the spirit inside of you. It's 1 Thessalonians 5.19. We don't want to be in a place when the enemy comes at us and life comes at us where we're in a position to not have an anointing And not be full of the Spirit to combat that. The praise team will come back up. The third thing I just want to hit on real quick is the anointing must be used. If God, he did place an anointing on your life. Some people have some more special giftings that they operate in that God gives them. But it must be used. You got to use it. After Elijah was taken to heaven, Elisha immediately picked up that mantle and got to work right away. And God's anointing is given to you for a purpose. And and why, if if I think about this, why would God trust us with his anointing if we refuse to do anything with it? You've got to use it. We've got to step out of the boat like Peter in faith and use it The anointing power of the holy spirit is for the purpose of teaching and imparting spiritual power to believers It's the work of the holy spirit as we desire more that teaches us God's truth so that we can better understand who god is and what he wants us to do with that anointing that he's placed on our life Amen You guys will stand this morning More, more, more. We're talking about this anointing this morning. More, more of the things of God in my life, more. We talk about wanting to be a light for Jesus, but how bright do you want to shine? If you guys would bow your heads this morning, You may be in here this morning struggling, going through some stuff. And be a believer. He's with you. He knows what you're going through. He's right there with you. He's in you. Don't get distracted. Don't lose your focus in this moment, this season of life that you're in. God will bring you out. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you don't know what we've been singing about, but you know we've got some joy, it comes from the Lord. And you can have that joy as well. You can have that. You you may be walking around in this world right now completely hopeless. Like every time you wake up, you don't even know why you're here. Every time you go to sleep, you cry yourself to sleep because you just didn't accomplish anything. And your life feels like there's nothing of value in it. God is telling you this morning that he loves you and he loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to die for you so that your life could have hope, your life could have purpose, and he could let you know, I'm here to forgive, I'm here to save you, and I'm here to put into your life an anointing and a calling to do my will while you're here. You have purpose, you are valuable, and I love you so much. You may be here and you need healing in your body. Orchardville Church believes the same way that Jesus walked this earth. And we believe in the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to meet needs and touch and heal. So this morning, as we open the altars, as we worship, will you press in? Will you press in for more? Will you surrender this morning? If you don't know Jesus, will you come and make him Lord of your life? And I'm telling you, it's it's just not a one-time thing. You come up to the altar, it's a walk it out and bear his fruit and show people God changed you. So let's worship together, let's pray, let's press into his presence and let him change things for you right now this morning. In Jesus' name, Father, we just ask you, to do a work in this place, be free in this place to minister to hearts. And Lord, not only that, those hearts have to be ready to receive what you have. So Father, if there's any hardened hearts right now, there are any walls that are up right now, break those down by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, let them take the guard down. Let them let you minister to them right now in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen.
4: All to rise.
3: It's a love that will gently nudge you when you need it, but it's also a love that will firmly grab a hold of your heart at times when you need that as well. I'm thankful this morning that people gave their life, rededicated their life back to following Jesus this morning, right here at this altar. Kuya, I'm proud of you. Amen. I'm thankful to God for warning signs. You know what those are in your own life. You know when you step away from the Lord and you start doing some things that are not of God's character. That he will give you warning signs. He will give you some roadblocks. And it's up to you in that moment to take the Lord's guidance for your life or to ignore the signs. He will put them there. And we're praying, I'm praying that you will pay attention to the Holy Spirit as he's working in your life. No matter what that looks like, you may have walked away from the Lord, but the great thing about God, he never walks away from you. As soon as you turn, there he is. I'm thankful that people experienced that this morning. I want to pray for our young people as a church. Because that group of people more than anybody else is under attack, it seems like, 24-7 with what the world is trying to put upon them. So if there's a young person next to you, they look like they're under 22, 23, I want you to just lay a hand on their shoulder and we're going to pray over them. And not just them, not just them, but their families. Because, listen, there are some kids that come to this church And none of their family does. I am thankful for them, for being a light, to be the guidance of a parent, of family members with you. Yet they choose to show up and get what God has for them. Are they perfect? No, they're not. But we as a church are to come together with them, support them, love them, and let them know they have a family of God right now that's going to help them walk this out. Amen? Amen. So let's pray for them, pray for their families, that they would come to know the Lord if they don't, that they would make that turn to Jesus and their whole family would come to him. I'm believing that this morning. The whole family will be turned around because of these young people and the fire that they have for God. So Father, right now we lift them up to you, Father. Lord, every youth, every young person in here, Father, right now and OC Kids, we lift them up to you, God. And Lord, I know, I've seen it. I know, God, that they are up against it. Father, they're up against it at home sometimes, they're up against it in school, they're up against it on social media. Everything about that, Father, tells them to run and run and run and turn away from God. But right now, Father, I pray that you birth something inside of them that says, no matter what, I will not leave Jesus. I will not leave him. Though my mom and dad, my grandma and grandpa, my brothers and sisters aren't serving him, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm going to take a stand this morning that I will love him and I will continue to pray for my family that they will come to know the Lord and that we'll be able to serve him together. And Lord, I pray boldness and courage inside of each one of these kids that they would continue to shine that light, Father, in their homes, in their schools, in the community. And God, that we as a church would come together for them and understand that they're dealing with some heavy stuff. And it's not just great enough to see him, see them here in church, Father. We've got to come alongside and minister to their hearts and let them know we're here with them, helping them through it. God, I thank you for them. And Lord, help us raise them up. Raise them up, Father, to do what you would have them to do with courage with love, with grace, God. I thank you for them and I thank you for who you are, God. Show yourself in mighty ways to them, Father, and to this church. In Jesus' name. And I thank again, I just thank God for what he's doing in our church. I thank God for the lives that came back to him this morning. If you gave your heart to the Lord for the very first time today that, that you've never prayed that prayer, you never believed on him, I want to know, we want to know. We want to help you. I mean it when I say we're family. We are family through it all. And we love through it all. So, Father, again, thank you for who you are. Thank you for being with us in this place. Thank you for touching lives right now, even right now, Father. I praise you and I thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are not dismissed. You are. Saint, we love you church.